Welcome to That One Suicide Girl's podcast. I'm Penny Suicide, That One Suicide Girl, and I'll be your hostess. Joining me for episode two is Ace Von Johnson, guitarist of LA Guns and Faster Pussycat. Can't wait to get on to the interview here with my friend Ace, but first I would like to give a quick shout out to suicidegirls.com. If you're not a member, you should be. Please join our awesome online community where we are redefining beauty. $29 for a whole year with our stay-at-home special. That's right, 29 bucks for the entire year. Gets you access to not only my pinup photo sets, but thousands of my super hot friends all over the world. You can join the forums, read our blogs and get to know us better, or shoot us a DM. What are you waiting for? I want to see you there. Link in the bio. Please sign up after the podcast. I'm going to play a taste of the LA Guns' new single, Let You Down, so you can hear Ace's band and get a feel for what they're like. Then we'll jump right into the podcast. Enjoy! Pussycat. Hey, Ace. How's it going? Hey, hey, Penny. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Fabulous. Like, just waiting for this all week. I'm so excited to get the podcast um, off the ground and running. And you're going to be the guest for episode two. It's like just the baby fruition parts. But thank you so much for being a guest. Uh, and why don't you tell me your favorite thing about being in the band? Uh, uh Well, let's see. Uh, my favorite thing about being in a band in general would probably be uh, getting to travel the world and make friends in all different kinds of places and then revisit said people <clears throat> in different locations when I'm traveling for work. And then uh, specifically with probably being with in L.A. Guns is just working with um, a bunch of guys where all four of the other members are all very um, sort of come with their own professional accolades, you know, and like... Uh, my bass player, Johnny, has been in a, a ton of bands and uh, is a really strong ear for um, music and, and songwriting. And, and he's worked with so many people, Tiffany and Stephen Adler from Guns N' Roses. And then my drummer, Scott Coogan, same thing, just a really impressive back catalog. Uh, was in Blue Man Group and played with Lita Ford and Ace Frehley and all these bands. And then you've got my singer, Phil Lewis, who's this kind of uh, English legend i mean he had this girl uh this band girl uh in 70 late 70s early 80s in england uh and their guitar player was phil collin who went on to join def leppard and so phil's got his own sort of amazing legacy and you know even being at his age now he's just an amazing front man still and great person to work with and then tracy guns the namesake of the band my lead guitar player my my boss and one of my close friends i mean he's the guns of guns and roses <laughs> right so i mean you know, getting to work with someone with that sort of legacy factor alone is, is really cool. So across the board, it's just being uh, specifically LA Guns is just really uh, gr uh, great experience, professionally speaking. So sounds like a lot of are, inspiration. I think I answered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I dotted all my T's and crossed all my I's <laughs> there on that one. But that's awesome. Um, yeah. and, and you said that you're, one of your favorite things is traveling and you are a very seasoned um, touring musician. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. I mean, I'm. Uh, I, I make no qualms about my age now. I used to, but you know, that's <laughs> with maturity comes that. I'm 37, and I started touring uh, professionally or, or full time at least at 19, right out of uh, my second year in college. That's and so, so I, young to start touring. Wow, you just got yeah. right on the road. Yeah, I, I, I was a baby still, and so for <laughs> the last 18 years, I tell people all the time, last 18 years of my life, I've done 
three to eight months of touring every year until probably 2020 now. But um, so, you know, I've spent probably a third uh, roughly of my adult life traveling, whether it was in a bus or a, a, a van or a bandwagon or a boat or a plane or a rickshaw <laughs> or, a, you know, a scooter, uh, one, one form or another. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely been around. I've been in all 50 states. That's for freaking sure. That's cool. Oh, my gosh. You just, like, checked all those off. Great. Yeah. Throw a yeah. dart at the map, and you've probably been there, huh? Yeah, with the exception of what? I mean, some obvious places, like uh, I've never been to uh, Iceland or Antarctica or uh, uh, certain parts of um, Eastern Europe or China. But uh, everywhere else, <laughs> I feel like I've, I've been. Cool. Uh, out of all those places you've been, have you had like any particular gig that has really like stood out to you or just been like an iconic like gig that you've played of your career? Uh, well, I, you know, I hate to be sound so jaded or, or whatever, but there's not really, you know, I mean, a great show is a great show. It's like pizza, like even shitty pizza is still pizza. Um, <laughs> And uh, I'm assuming I can swear on this. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Fuck okay. shit, ass cunt. Say it all. <laughs> yes. Fuck shit, ass cunt. <laughs> there you go. Repeat after uh, me. <laughs> um, you know, so, um, you know, with the exception of the odd, awful show, um, most, most gigs are, are pretty, pretty good. But I don't, nothing really, you know, uh, I, I'm really racking my brain here. Uh, maybe... I did a show in South America and there was like 30,000 people or something, some astronomical number. And it was like televised or it was just insane. So that was, that was kind of memorable. And, you know, I had to have my own security guard. Oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> there's just, a story. They're just trying to get a piece of you, huh? <laughs> well, I don't want to tangent too much cause I'm good at that. But this, the story in summary was, uh, we went out, me and several of the band members went out into the, into the crowd after we played. And I was sort of on that, like, you know, like, you know, pumped up after the show, like, yes, yeah, I, I just fucking kicked ass and <laughs> went out there and, and I wanted to watch some of the bands Yeah. and the promoter was like, no, 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 you can't, you know, in broken English, it's like, you can't just go, go out there. You have to have a security guard. And so, you know, to protect you from these people is they're, they're crazy and nobody was volatile. It was like a good crazy, but it was still a lot. Like they tried to take like my all the rock and roll flair off of me they could, like the bandana and the oh, laminate and like all the they stuff. wanted a souvenir. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, that's, that's, it happens, but it wasn't a big deal. And I didn't, you know, I was very cordial with everybody and took a, a million photos and fine. But yeah. my uh, two of the other guys in the band were like, well, what about us? Do we need a security guard? And the guy was like, <laughs> no, you guys are okay. You're kind of older. Oh, and like, <laughs> oh, no. That's like the worst thing to hear. Yeah, I felt bad because I didn't hear the end of it for the next like week or so. Right. They're like, oh, let's get Ace's own guy. But, you know, I mean, (laughs) that kind of shit happens. But to be fair, I was like 20, I don't know, 28. and They were 45. So, you know, it wasn't a direct insult. But it's like, you know, the young, cute lead guitar player is going to get a little bit more attention than the, the drummer. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, guess. I think that's generally true of most bands, anyways. I, I sound. I'm aware that I sound like an asshole right now, but I mean, <laughs> just well, the age demographic alone, it should speak volumes. But whatever, I, I'm going to retract all this publicly. Anyhow, I never said that. No. My drummer is equally as attractive as I am, and also needs a security guard. Uh huh. That makes uh-huh. sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I heard the first take. I didn't. I didn't hear anything different. <laughs> 
scouts on her. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a good one. I uh, uh, did a festival in London a couple years ago. That was really great. I don't know. I just um, I, I I can't. I, I really wish I could pinpoint and answer this better, but I I'm just gonna shrug and say they're all great. They're all equally as memorable. Ah, <laughs> that's nice. Uh, equal equal attention to all of them. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah, no favoritism. No favoritism. Excellent. Uh, and so what made you want to play guitar anyways in the first place? When you were younger, uh, did you have any inspirational, motivational bands, influences? Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. Let's see how much tangenting I cannot do on this. <laughs> uh, I, I started picking up my mom's acoustic when I was pretty young, probably like 11 or 12. And just would thump around and kind of, you know, play like smoke on the water, just just junk. And then I, I think once my mom saw that I had a somewhat legitimate interest, uh, they got me a, a nice acoustic. And I must have been about 14. And my stepbrother showed me uh, House of the Rising Sun. And, I, and then Ooh. I was like, oh, okay which is, you know, The Animals is a great song. Eric Burden, a wonderful songwriter. And so I took that and ran. And then within a year, I could play every Ramon song and every Misfits song and every Social Distortion song. And because I was getting, at that age, getting into what would become uh, sort of the punk rock scene where I was at as a kid and, uh, and sort of migrated towards that. And then uh, at 15, I started roadieing for a band out of San Diego called Agent 51. Uh, they you were started on, so young. Yeah, I was a, a baby. And uh, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm in my little office nook here and I've got this big bulletin board and there's Aww. all this junk on it. And one of the things I'm looking at is this, this photo of me and my buddy Chris. I uh, just actually got sent this a week ago from his, uh, his girlfriend. But Chris is probably my longest running friend. We go back about 23 years, which is scary to say out loud. but. I met him when I was 14 and he was probably 20 and he had this band in San Diego called Agent 51 and they they were just getting some notoriety nationally like they the first tour I did with them was like Warp Tour and then they got signed to Adeline which was Billy Joe from Green Day's imprint mm -hmm. and so I drove them up to the Bay Area when I was 16 like myself uh, to sign and like I was like very <laughs> you like sort got of in, your wait you got your permit or like you barely had your driver's license and you're like yeah. I'm gonna drive fucking bands around you like get yeah, in the car and was, get behind the wheel and it's, I was a roadie it's actually ingenious because you were too young to legally drink eh? yeah so you were yeah. like the designated driver by default yeah well my drink of, of choice at at that young age was uh I'd get a Snapple bottle dump half of it out and fill it with vodka oh, so I was drinking go. like vodka <laughs> Uh, snapples or whatever the hell but <laughs> so that was that was kind of it and that you know that on like a personal so gross. <laughs> it's disgusting i threw it up once it was way way <laughs> terrible coming back up too. i thought you were gonna say it was better coming up but we won't no, go there <laughs> no it was worse nothing says nothing says awful like uh any kind of liquor coming up through your esophagus back up with uh, stomach acid. But <laughs> and let's just gross out all the listeners. Yeah, but uh, everyone's so like that was, Yeah, ugh, let's not discuss vomiting or uh, anything else no, like that. Okay. But, but so Chris and his band uh, were integral in my what became my uh, inadvertently a music career. And I cut my teeth there. And Chris taught me a lot about songwriting. 
And uh, they actually did a reunion show, which they do probably once a year uh, in November. And I came down and they, uh, they had me come up and play, I think, two songs, like as a guest with them and, you know, this little uh, venue in San Diego. And that was cool. And so it was sort of full circle kind of thing. And, and then, of course, people that were influences uh, or whatnot was probably like Doyle sorry, from The Misfits. Sorry, can you repeat that part just for a second? Because I lost the connection. Oh, yeah. So you said like 15 or... Yeah. So yeah. when I was, a, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Now I can hear okay. you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so like when I was around that age, obviously there were influences that were people I didn't know um, personally. And so it's probably people like Doyle from the Misfits and John Christ from the first uh, early Danzig era and like Kirk Hammett and uh, Joe Walsh from the Eagles and Captain Sensible from the Damned. I was kind of all over the place. Those were like some of my earliest influences, I guess. And and, and, then now I joined Doyle, a band. and now Doyle sends you like vegan protein shake stuff. Yeah, I talked to Doyle earlier today. Right? Like, uh, how cool it, is that? Like, yeah, yeah, it's interesting how uh, a lot of stuff like that's come full circle um, for me professionally, and and then just as a fan or a friend, you know. And it's been one of the, you know, when people do ask, like, what's what are like the highlights of of what you do or whatever? It's usually besides the like getting to play um, part. And sort of the obvious stuff, like, yeah, having a great kick-ass show in front of 5,000 people, that rules. But, like, aside from that, like, getting to, <clears throat> excuse me, become friends with or, you know, work with or whatever it may be, these people that, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, whatever it is, you you idolized or or um, or whatever else. And so that's, that's always my favorite takeaway um, from, you know, at least what I've done, uh, professionally speaking. Like the thing I mentioned with, like, Tracy from LA guns. It's like my boss, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're working on a second record together right now. And it's like, yeah, that's great and all. And I just, I literally went up, walked my dog up to his house earlier today, just for the fuck of it. But also he's the guns of guns and roses. Like that's fucking cool. <laughs> you know? So, um, those little, those little things. And, uh, you know, I just, obviously there's so much stuff I want to say that I've just done, but a lot of it I can't talk about yet. But like one, even one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, I just played a guitar solo on something that they're releasing here in the next, in the near future. So, um, uh, stuff like that, where it's like, wow, I have like all of your records and you asked me to play on a song. Why? Sure. Sure. I would do that. Yeah. That's like so, so exciting. And it's, it's probably even cooler when you get to meet these people and it turns out that they are like sweet people and they don't suck. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best. I actually, uh, I was talking to, uh, the, are you familiar with Danko Jones is a singer? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I was talking to Danko recently and we were talking about how awesome it is to take it from as a fan, even at like where he's at his career and I'm at my career, whatever you want to call it. And then you meet these people and you're like, oh man, not only do I love your fucking band, but when they're like, Hey bro, do you want to come over and have a beer? And you're like, dude, this person's also awesome. That's like just a bonus. So those things are yeah, what definitely, and there's not ego or it's not like a, yeah, they, they're yeah, still cool it, down to earth. Of course. And that's, that's the important thing is to sort of like, it's great to have an ego at the right time in the right place. And when you're on stage is the absolute time to have a fucking 12 inch dick. But <laughs> you know, the rest of the time it's like, we're all just human beings. So it's nice to like bump into people or work with people or interact with people or it doesn't matter if they're musicians or actors or comics or, or whatever, a, a painter. And you're like, Oh, I really like this person's work. And then they turn out to be a, a, a cool person too, you know, cause I'm sure we've all, you know, had some experience with someone 
in some degree where you're like, oh, I really like this person's uh, stand-up comedy, and you meet them, and they're like, fuck off. You're like, oh, never mind. They suck. You know. What I yeah, mean? and it kind of taints the experience for you then, and you can't enjoy it as much as you did before. Oh, it's it's the <laughs> worst. There, there's definitely at least one band that I like basically gave up on after that. I was like, okay, well, that's I'm never buying any of your records again. Was it Trapped? <laughs> <laughs> no, because that would imply that I ever owned any Trapped albums or gave a shit to begin with. Sorry, no, I had to. I had to take it, that little stab. That was too take funny. that jab. No, that singer guy is off his fucking gourd. Yeah. Uh, no, it was a really legendary punk rock band that I played with uh, in my late teens, and the singer was just an absolute fucking asshole. So bad that he got on stage and berated my band. <gasps> and then the weird thing was Rude. the other the other band on the bill uh, to tie some of this together was a at the time, a band that was pretty popular called the U.S. Bombs. And, uh, you know, when I was eight, uh, 18, when the show occurred, I was a huge fan of both the U.S. Bombs and this other band who will remain nameless. Mm-hmm. And uh, But let's just say a very legendary Southern California influential punk band where the singer is known to be an asshole. Uh, the singer of the <laughs> U.S. Bombs. Yeah, surprise, surprise. The singer of the U.S. Bombs actually offered me a record deal at the show and we had a really great gig. So I was like wow. on cloud nine, like, wow, these guys are really great. Aww. And this, the guitar player, of the U S bombs now sidebar years later, I would work with the singer and then eventually join the U S bombs. So I'm watching this band that I, I adored as a kid. And then I play with them. And then the singer offers to sign me to his little, his label imprint. And then years later, I would actually be in that band, but the guitar player, Carrie, who I, Oh, you you cut out again. Dang. Sorry. So, did I cut so out again? You did. So start with the guitar player, Carrie. Okay. So uh, the guitar player, Carrie, who I just talked to about a week ago, uh, and, and we're still kind of like Chris Arms from Agent 51 was a guy that I've known since I was in my teens and was, you know, very helpful and influential and, and whatnot. And now comes to see uh, me when I come through tour through his neck of the woods. And then he I see that guy in the pit, you know, versus me in the pits so It's kind of a cool uh, exchange there. But anyhow, so it's having a really good time. And then, uh, you know, the the one band was really uh, accommodating and the singer's like, I want to sign you to my label. And. <laughs> I had a, a great time. And then the, the singer of the headliner band goes on stage and starts, he's like, how about that fucking shitty local opener? I bet they're fucking rich parents paid to buy all their equipment. And I'm Aww. like, this motherfucker jack in the box for six months to buy my equipment. Yeah. I was like, what a fucking asshole. It just was a whole thing. And so that to this day, I will never openly, uh, uh, be a fan of said band. And then I did a tour with them <laughs> later on when I was in the U S bombs and I'd see him every day. We did a whole tour of house of blues venues and I'd see him every day in catering and he'd be like, what's up ACE. And I'd be like, yep. <laughs> You'd be like, so, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And I never told anybody about it in, in his band. even though I, I became amicable with those guys, I just was I, thought I'd let it go. So yeah. now that I've ran, ranted about my childhood trauma, it's okay. Uh, we can trauma bond a little bit, you know, I'm I, just very, I'm very triggered by these mean musicians. You're just really emotional. <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah, all right. It happens though. It happens. Not everybody you meet is going to be great. Um, and so it's always, it's always, a, 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 a like I said, like a bonus when I meet someone that I'm a fan of and you know, most people are cool, but when you meet someone and they're like extra, you know, and I don't want to go with this whole like rabbit hole of like, this guy's awesome. And this guy's awesome. And I'm going to suck this guy's dick. This guy's rad. 
but there's so many people that I'm like, oh man, I really liked your band. And then now that I'm buddies with you, like now I like that, like I go to bat for the people, like that band or that person even more just because of that. Well, yeah, because you want to support people that not only like are you look look up to and are inspirational, but are like your friends and they're like cool, awesome people that you just genuinely want to support. Absolutely. Especially, especially in like anything that's sort of like a, um, anybody that's got like a really good, like a charitable cause or anything like that. Like we've discussed before this, like obviously the dog rescue stuff. So I have a lot of musician friends that sort of, um, will advocate for me and vice versa. And it's always nice to see when there's some sort of mutual common ground there besides just like, you know, Oh, I'm in a band and you're in a band and we're homies. Mm -hmm. So that's always a bonus. Tell me more about the dog stuff. So first of all, tell us about the the love of your life. Oh, with the the dog. Don't tell her that she's got a big (laughs) enough head as it is. Uh, so yeah, I've got a, an Amstaff or uh, American Stafford Terrier, which is, uh, in layman's terms, uh, it would be a pit bull. And her name is Myla, and she's seven, and she's a fucking diva, <laughs> and uh, she uh, runs my life, and it's f- incredibly frustrating at times, but I love her to death. Aww. And uh, I rescued her from a, a kill shelter um, six years ago in December, so about, um, I got her when she was just a puppy. And uh, yeah, so I already had an interest um, kind of invested in the rescue community and the what I call like the plight of the pit bull. and. Um, and then it just sort of, excuse me, I'm having this wine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you got to get a little toasty to open up to me well, on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's, it's the only way I can be totally sociable is if I have a little uh, a tipple. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, so otherwise my answers would be like, yeah, I don't know, I guess. But uh, so, yeah, so I, I got my, my girl a couple years ago and, and it just really kind of opened my eyes even further to... Uh, a lot of things. And then I just started getting more and more involved with, um, I guess just the easiest way to say it is, is advocacy. And, um, like I've, I'm affiliated with a couple groups. Um, like I partnered with best friend, excuse me, best friends, animal society. And, uh, I've spoken at a couple events and I've gone to some, you know, like appeared at, you know, a few things and, uh, spoke at this thing in New York city once that was kind of intimidating, but really cool to be a part of. And just whatever I'm able to lend my, uh, my time to and, uh, and, and I'll champion pretty much anything as long as it's, you know, a reputable organization and the cause is, is, is the dogs or, or really anything that's animal related, but mostly, mostly rescue dogs and then more specifically pit bull types. So, um, like some of the ones I, I really uh, speak highly of or, or work with or have a regular rapport with is, um, stand up for pits, which is run by, uh, Rebecca Corey, who's a pretty well-known stand-up comic and, um, pinups for, uh, pinups and pit bulls. Uh, my friend Deirdre runs that out of the Pittsburgh area. Uh, Blockhead Brigade in Long Beach. Uh, Linda Blair, uh, her World Heart Foundation, and that's uh, Linda Blair, as in the exorcist, Linda Blair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's got a really wonderful uh, organization up, up here in the Los Angeles area. And she's also a really, uh, sort of like what I was just talking about, like making friends with people. And they're also extra awesome is, uh, you know, I'll randomly every couple months I'll get a text from Linda and she's super sweet and, you know, I'm fortunate enough to consider her a friend, but it's always, as a big horror movie fan, it's always a trip when, <laughs> you know, I look at my phone and it's like, bing, Linda Blair. And I'm like, what the fuck is my life when the fucking Reagan from The Exorcist yes. is texting me, you know? But, um, the best but life, just, obviously. I, I have really minimal complaints, <laughs> but, uh, it, it, it's just something I'm happy to lend my time to and, and I, um, you know, I, I donate a lot annually and I'm just happy to do it. Cause I, I think there's, 
so many people out there that it's like, okay, yes, yeah, sex, drugs, rock and roll, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, I'm definitely not having sex right now. And I've never done, I've never done drugs and rock and roll is on pause because of the COVID shit. So it's like, even when I am doing the rocking and or rolling, it's like, I'd rather be focusing on, uh, you know, uh, my nerdy hobbies and rescue, uh, advocating for animal rescue than, you know, like doing some dumb, uh, you know, trying to score coke or something stupid like right. that. Right, so. there's better ways to spend your energy. Um, exactly. Drugs are bad, okay? Uh, <laughs> but I love that you take the platform that you have now um, from your career and from music and you take it to a different level and you speak out for, you know, animals that don't have a voice um, and can't, you know, fight for themselves, so to speak. And I love that you even care enough to take your energy and put it towards you know, pushing more good forward into the world by helping these animals. I think that's really Thank beautiful. You. Thank you, Penny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it's interesting because now that I'm sort of sitting on my little high horse about it, like for a long time, a good, maybe three or four years, I did a lot of stuff privately and I didn't, um, pu- publicize anything that I did because I wasn't really sure that I, I just didn't want to garner any attention that was sort of um, for the wrong reasons. I, I never wanted anyone to or want anyone to think that I'm doing it as like a, oh, I, I'm such a good person. Look what I do. Because I could give two fucking shits about what anyone thinks about me. But I, but it's that's more the beauty just, of it. You it's know? more just the reason why I am so vocal now about it is because once I started seeing, now this isn't every year, but uh, more often than not over the last five, six, seven years, I would say I'm breaching, uh, five figures in donations, uh, that are either generated by me from me, uh, you know, have some affiliation whatsoever in one form or another. I had, uh, two years in a row, somebody in, in my, in my name and, and, and whatnot, whatever you want to call it, uh, donate over $2,500. So, um, I'm happy that it, it sort of circles back in that sense where it's like people see me advocating and then they go, Oh, well, I like his band. I should check this out. And then, you know, $5 from a hundred people here and there sporadically starts to add up real quick. So, um, and it helps you know, an animal, you know, it saves, saves their life in, in many situations of absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, that's all we can do is just make the effort and try. And so, you know, I obviously let that whole thing go. And if I, I wish I, you know, maybe made a bigger deal sooner than, than later, but you know, like I said, for the last maybe five to seven years, it's definitely been excuse me, pretty high on my, my list of priorities and something I'm happy to talk about or um, involve myself in pretty much any, um, any opportunity, really. So, I love that. And where does Myla get her namesake from? Myla takes her name from a Finnish actress named Myla Nurmi. And I'm sure you would be more familiar with her alter, alter ego, which is Vampira. And that leads into another <laughs> one of your awesome hobbies which is horror. You love horror. Oh yes. I'm, I'm such a horror movie fan. I was raised on horror movies as my earliest memories as a little, little boy. I mean, three four little boy, uh, with my father, we're watching, uh, all the classic black and white, you know, Vincent Price and universal monsters and Christopher Lee is hammer horror, Dracula, et cetera, et cetera. And, and stuff like that. So I, it's always been sort of my, something I've had an affinity for besides music of, you know, different genres and, and dogs. It's definitely my next uh, biggest passion, I guess. And, and then I also collect uh, vintage horror movie uh, theatrical posters or one sheets or quads or 
day bills or whatever you want to call them. So that's like one of my favorite little nerdy uh, pastimes is collecting uh, art from these uh, theatrical releases. And I've got a ton of these uh, movie posters, if you want to call them, um, adorning my, my, my home here. Yeah, you uh, post them and they are everywhere. There's like not an inch on the wall where something really cool and collectible is not in your apartment. And I think that's awesome that you like it so much and you just want to like immerse yourself and surround yourself with it. Um, Is there any like favorite moment of like a horror movie for you? Do you have any like iconic favorite parts of any horror movies that just stand out to you? Uh, Yeah, there's, well, there's a ton. Um, there's a sequence in a movie called House on Haunted Hill from 1959, not the remake, mm-hmm. uh, with Vincent Price, where he, uh, I don't want to spoil it in case anyone hasn't seen it, but the likelihood of anyone hearing this and jumping right out to see House on Haunted Hill is probably pretty minimal, but I, reg- I digress. There's a sequence where he's got this skeleton uh, that comes out of this vat of acid, and the, uh, the uh, protagonist in the film thinks it's the spirit and it's not it's just vincent price controlling it from off like out of the scene with this like a uh, geared mechanism on his torso and it's just this really sort of clever uh sequence which ties into the whole gimmick of the movie which was the director writer producer william castle most of his movies had like a gimmick and the gimmick for house and haunted hill was emerjo and they ran the skeleton like an actual skeleton on a rope across the ceiling of the the movie theaters so it was like meant to <gasps> scare people and there was a movie he did called the tingler right after that where they had buzzers under random seats and they would shock people during oh, certain sequences my gosh <laughs> so when you think about it like that and i actually saw a movie screening of it uh here in hollywood a few years ago and they did the emerjo with the skeleton and i just was like enamored because like oh man this is so cool you know and it's not scary at all but i'm sure in 1959 you were like oh my god but uh so that, and uh, there's a sequence in a film called uh, Exorcist 3. Uh, that's a uh, very uh, underrated movie, but the, there's a famous jump scare in it, and it's a hospital scene. And if you're a fan of The Exorcist and you've never seen The Exorcist 3, now Exorcist 2, and I'm going to be a nerd here, was uh, a studio project. It was just something they said, oh, let's cash in and, you know, quick, fire out a sequel. And William Peter Blatty, who wrote the Exorcist novel, he said, well, that's not the sequel to The Exorcist. The sequel to The Exorcist is my book Legion that I just finished, and uh, which I actually have a first edition hardback copy of. It's very rare. And, uh, <laughs> on, your, and on your leather-bound books. Of rich many leather-bound books. Yes. <laughs> Baxter, you are my little gentleman. I want to take you to foggy London town. Oh yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so they optioned his movie, you know, and, uh, as the third Exorcist. And uh, the cast is really great. It's got Brad Dourif um, in it. And uh, uh, oh, what's his name that played Patton? Uh, anyhow, a great cast. Um, Vivica Linfers is in it. That would be Aunt Bedelia, if you've ever seen Creepshow in the first uh, Father's Day sketch or uh, a bit. Anyhow, again, I'm, I told you I'm a nerd for this stuff. But uh, so Exorcist 3 has a jump scare in it about halfway through the film. And if you've ever seen the movie, you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. And if you've never seen Exorcist 3 and you're a fan of the first one, I highly, highly recommend it. It is one of the most fucked up. Uh, psychological horror movies. It's basically if The Exorcist and Seven had a baby, 
um, type. It's more of a detective film, but there's a jump scare in it that still is difficult for me to watch because it's just very intense. And uh, some of the score from that film is actually sampled by Ministry um, on their Psalm 69 psalm 69 record so if you are a fan of ministry and know that album backwards and forwards like i do and you watch exorcist 3 you may recognize some sound on that album that's a fun little fact look at look at you yeah i'm a nerd this is why i uh (laughs) i live alone (laughs) you don't live alone you're myla yeah yeah the dog (laughs) and my poor lady friend who thinks i'm crazy oh come on now but uh, yeah, so uh, definitely a horror movie fan. You, you could take that and run with it for sure. That's excellent. I, I feel like um, for me, I always really got freaked out in The Shining, the part where, oh, they, yeah. where they go to where he goes into that one hotel room and the lady is in the bathtub and she starts out like super sexy, sexy and like they just start like going at it, which like I don't know if I would go to like an abandoned hotel and immediately start making out with a naked stranger, but whatever. And then she turns into that like decaying, like maggoty, yeah. like oh, <laughs> oh, it's so scary. Like ugh. do you know do you know what's fucked up is that the thing that we don't talk about is that most dudes in that circumstance, Jack Nicholson right there, would be like, ah, fuck it, turn the lights off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They would just go for it. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Um, that and then I was watching, I hadn't watched The Lost Boys in a long, long time, but I watched The Lost Boys maybe like a month ago. While yeah. I was editing, I just had it like playing in the background because I wanted some filler. Uh, and I didn't realize how many times they say, Michael in that yeah. movie. And then I th- I was like, if you could turn it into a drinking game, you would be absolutely annihilated. Like, yeah, you every time be, they say Michael, you wouldn't be able to stand because it's like every three minutes, it's somebody going, Michael, Michael, Michael. You know, it's every, I don't know, like half of the script, whoever wrote the script was like, let's just say his name like 157 times and hope that somebody makes a drinking game and then like passes out. I don't the, know. The gr- the great thing about that movie is it's such a quotable film. Like, there's so many great, um, like, one-liners. You know, oh, death by stereo. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, um, and I, now I'm drawing a blank, of course, and I put myself on the spot. But um, how are those maggots, Michael? Yes. You're eating maggots, yeah, you know? Yeah, the rice where they have the Chinese takeout or whatever. It's like, yeah. so Join iconic. us, Michael. Be one of us. There's just yeah. so many great, great lines in that movie. Actually, a guy I used to be in a band with and uh, a, a pretty dear friend of mine for almost 20 years now is actually the first person to get killed in that film. Uh, his name's Alex Chapman, and he's a, he used to be, do like... Oh, you cut out again. I'm sorry. It must be like the Wi-Fi. Yeah, it so, could be me. I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not used to this, this uh, the the thing feed. we're using. Yeah. yeah. So, so sorry, go back and then do Alex Chapman. It was like that point. So my buddy Alex uh, Chapman, he's the first uh, person to get killed in the film, and he... Uh, there's a sequence where they're um, getting thrown out of the park for getting in that sort of fight in the opening of the movie at the uh, uh, amusement park. And then it cuts to the guy making out or trying to neck with his girlfriend in the car. And she's trying to read this comic book and she's like annoyed by him. And then they, they get this per- first person view of the roof getting ripped off. And the guy, and he's got like a blonde streak in his hair. Uh, that's my buddy, that's Alex. That's your friend. Oh my gosh. The first yeah. death in the movie. That's so cool. 
Yeah, yeah. He's in a couple things. I think he's in Predator 2 and a bunch of other stuff. Wow, as just the guy who dies first every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, he uh, he's got he ha- he had a really sort of unique look to him, and uh, he he was like doing MMA and stuff like that. So he was sort of like built, but then he also, I may I might be telling the story wrong, but I want to say he was like a punk in the '80s, and he got hit in the head with a tire iron huh. in some sort of yeah some sort of scenario. I don't know. Don't ask. <laughs> but it left him with like a scar, and the scar all the hair grew back white. So he has this huge indent on his forehead and then this white tuft of hair. So he had this very unique look okay. as, a, as a younger guy and now mm-hmm. as an older guy. Like, I guess he's probably in his mid-50s. I, don't, I, don't, I, I really don't know. I'd have to ask him. But uh, he, he, now that he's older, he looks like the kind of person that, like, if he, you, if he walked up to you at a bar, like, you wouldn't want to fuck with, like, at all. Okay, great. So, uh, <laughs> That's and like of course, of course, he's like a super, super sweet guy, too. Yeah, so, it's Alex, funny. Alex, if you hear this, I love you, man. Aw. <laughs> There's always the, the tough looking ones that are actually big softies on the inside, I feel like, the biggest teddy bears. Very, very true. Actually, was just having a similar conversation. And again, I'm, I tend to do a lot of like, let me get my bucket for all the name dropping. But uh, <laughs> it's just the easiest way to tell a good story is a, a good buddy of mine um, is, a, is a, a pretty well-known actor. His name's Derek Mears. And he was Jason in the Friday remake. And he's Swamp Thing in the new Swamp Thing TV series. And he's in a ton of stuff. Pirates of the Caribbean, a ton of stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean... You know, it's it's interesting because being like a Hollywood guy, literally, when people are like, oh, I'm really good friends with so and so. Okay, like he, I was at Derek's wedding and he helped me move. Like mm-hmm. that to me is like that's a real friend. Okay, you yes, know what I mean? Yeah. And so, especially with uh, the moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, sorry, buddy. And so, um, Derek is also he's this six foot six, just you would not want to fuck with him kind of guy. And you meet him and he's like, hey, oh my God, it's so good to meet you. And you're like, why? Why are you so nice? I want you to be scary, Mr. Monster Man. Yeah. You know, but he's just a sweetheart. And I, I got a lot of friends like that. They're, and I, those are the best ones because you, you want to roll around with all the scary looking guys who are just big teddy bears anyhow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Oh, that's so fun. Um, is there anything that you haven't gotten yet for your horror collection that you would like? Or like, here, let's do a, a made-up scenario. You can have any piece of horror mem- memorabilia that, like, exists. Like, what would you have of, of all time? Memor- memorabilia or, or, like, the poster stuff? Um, let's go with, like, memorabilia. Like, like okay. any, like, iconic, like, prop or, like, thing or some, you know what I mean? Like, where they're like, oh, you could have the the claws from, like, Freddy Krueger or whatever that were in the movie or, you know, that kind that of thing. That would be really cool. That, that would, would be really, really cool. cool. That's kind of why I said uh, that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, what would you like? If I could have anything from a horror movie, uh, it would definitely be something classic, but I don't know. Um, I think having a screen used anything from the creature from the Black Lagoon would be amazing. I've seen some. Uh, I was at a museum uh, up in uh, the uh, Seattle area, and they had a screen used. I think it was from Creature Walks Among Us, but nonetheless, it was still a screen used creature uh, mask, and I was sort of enamored by that. But something like that or anything, uh, you know, like the skeleton I just mentioned from House on Haunted Hill, something something Vincent Price related because I'm a huge Vincent Price fan. Or if I was going to go with something more contemporary, I would want the ashtray 
from Creep Show that's in all of the vignette rapper uh, vignette uh, stories in the movie. Um, Subtle and practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, for everyday use. <laughs> yeah, for the, for uh, smoking a J every once in a while. For, for the sensible horror collector, <laughs> you know. What, what about you? If you could have one thing, but with the, the Kruger glove, um, that would be pretty cool. Otherwise, mm, let's see here. I don't know. Maybe like, uh, well, man, you know, I feel like. Once a month, it's like the elevators from The Shining. I already get that anyways. So that's, you know, that's too easy and obvious. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gross. Um, I, that was a body horror joke. If you, I, you just, I picked up on that. I was okay. just going to let it be. Okay, well, here, I'm going to talk about it more. Uh, <laughs> that or the Freddy Krueger glove would be really great because I feel like that would be a good one for like parties or something. Uh, just to, like, trip people out with like yeah. come up behind them and just ha you know do like a yeah. nice jump scare i'll go with the freddy krueger glove all right all right i uh i don't collect any i don't really like i have so much stuff but i also have limited space here in my i've got a one bedroom here so it's like it's a little tight but um the only thing that i have that's remotely memorabilia that might be worth boasting about is the smallest thing ever and uh, I don't know if you're a Clive Barker or a Hellraiser fan, mm-hmm. but uh, those first two films uh, terrified me is the wrong word. Fasc- more fascinated me as a child. I think the first time I saw him, I was probably like 10 or 11. And I just was fascinated with what, you know, as an adult, uh, a prepubescent boy was sort of this weird sort of sexual, like, yeah, leather and like bondage and like, <laughs> yes. what's up with like, why is that guy wearing a leather skirt, you know, and like just the weird, the guy's like in his, a guy's naked and the woman's bringing dudes to the strangers to the house on the pretense that she's going to have sex with them, but she just kills them. And it's a very, and it's well, Clive Barker. So of course, everything. And he was like a weird gelatinous, like oozy thing, right? For the longest time as he's like, kind of oh, yeah. coming back and so i was always like oh like why is she into him he's so mushy <laughs> like you know like Ugh. <laughs> yeah how are you gonna how are you gonna push rope with that uh penis you, you can't you know? <laughs> but uh so so um i i i was fortunate enough a few um years ago to start appearing at a bunch of horror movie conventions which is how i got to make friends and get acquainted with a, a lot of these um, people that I admire in that. In oh, that is that kind of like the Crypticon type stuff, or like what are they called, or you know what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to say, like yeah, the, they just the call horror, horror conventions. Okay. Um, like done, I don't know, maybe five or six Days of the Dead and uh, four Rock and Shock and mm-hmm. two Chillers and two Turtle Doves and a Partridge in a Pear Tree. I've done about twenty uh, horror conventions as a. I think it's weird to say this, but as like a celebrity guest or whatever you want to call it, they usually get, let's say, 15, 20, 30 uh, uh, actors or, or producers or directors from the horror genre. And then they like to pad it with a few musicians normally because heavy metal and horror movies are pretty synonymous. So they, they do go hand in hand quite nicely. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, like I did a convention where one was Peter Chris from Kiss, uh, Ogre from Skinny Puppy, and yeah. me. Oh, which gosh. I was like, these guys are legit rock stars. And then here I am like, hi, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> oh, but, uh, you're cool too. <laughs> uh, not, not, not that cool, but I'll take it. But, you know, so I, I've gotten to do a couple like that. And um, 
And so where I'm going with this is I got to meet and, you know, become acquaintances or buddies or whatever with Doug Bradley, who's Pinhead in, in the original uh, Hellraiser films. And uh, his wife, Stephanie, is a really, really talented mixed media artist. And I, uh, I can't remember what her sort of... Um, uh, sort of stage name or nom de plume or whatever it would be for an artist is. But um, if you look up uh, Stephanie, Doug Bradley's wife, I'm sure if you Google it, it's not hard to find, but she, she does really great. Like, you know, what you would expect pin pinheads wife to make, like, you know, like antichrist mixed media Aww. upside down cross, like sort of uh, somewhere between like Giger. Love that. Who's the guy that did, uh, uh, artwork for that Jack off Jill album. Um, and, uh, he's done stuff for smashing pumpkins. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. And right. Ryden, maybe Ryden, I think is the guy I'm thinking of. Anyhow, I'm getting way, way off the mark. So I, I became really good friends with them. We had lunch one time, blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, and I think they even came to a faster pussycat show at one point. So fast forward, another convention, uh, Doug did his first time, I think ever appearance as pinhead in costume for photo op and it was like a huge deal and my manager gina uh also runs a horror con called rock and shock so they had their own rapport and friendship and whatever and doug and stephanie politely in, said you know hey why don't you guys come into the photo op and and they like hooked us up right and which was like really cool to get this photo of me with doug bradley dressed as pinhead in front mm -hmm. of the uh uh, what is it called? The Lamont configuration or whatever it is, the little box. And mm -hmm. at the end, when it after the weekend, he gave me one of the pins from his <gasps> pinhead. Oh, that's so and cool. So I, I mentioned this bulletin board in, in the corner of my little office nook here. Yeah. Uh, on it, I'm looking at it, is this little tiny little like, uh, like bindle baggie with a little like nail in it with some styrof uh, latex foam attached. And it says, from Pinhead, do not throw away. <laughs> I so, love uh, that. I love that. That's like, so sentimental. It's beautiful. So totally sentible. Sent wow, sentimental, and then also like a really cool horror thing. You know what I mean? Because no, obviously, super not cool. not many people would have that. Mm -hmm. So I don't have Anyhow. one of those in my pincushion. <laughs> nope. <laughs> when I'm fucking sewing on the band patches, like I don't have anything cool like that. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm, I've definitely been fortunate and I try not to take this stuff for granted. So it's so fun. Um, yeah. And you are also a really big vinyl collector. Um, and one of the things that we first started talking about when we started chatting, cause I just started collecting vinyl recently. I'm like super late to the party, I know. Um, but I finally am like, Oh, like I'm stuck at home with COVID. What can I do? Create like an online shopping addiction. Might as well be yeah. something that's functional. So I guess I'll just start buying vinyl and records, which it's super addicting. It, um, it totally is. And, and it's, it's like collecting baseball cards because if you get really into it, you're like, oh, I want like the three teeth record you got. It's like, oh, it's really hard to find A. And then B, you're like, well, I'm looking for this specific color variant. You yeah. know, and then it just turns into a whole Easter egg hunt. It's so true. And you helped me find that. Yeah. And it's so funny because I had Lex on the first episode, like previous to, to this one. Um, 
And I wanted the first, the self-titled album so bad on vinyl. It was like my one thing I really, really wanted for sure for my collection. And I was bitching to you. I was like, all the <laughs> albums that I think are really cool, like either don't exist anymore because people bought them or they're like so obscure that they might come up on eBay once every like, you know, eight months and I'd have to be watching at the right time. And you're like, have you ever used Discogs? And I was like, what? <laughs> and you're like amateur you're like let me yeah. let me take the wheel here and show you a thing or two and then like within I don't know maybe 45 seconds of me saying I wanted to own that album you like sent me the link and was like here you go and it's this cool like you know blood red limited edition one and I was like ah, oh, add to cart like boom so yeah, yeah thank you I, for I, helping I, me find of, that album of my dreams for my collection of course of course and I, as a uh, uh, you know, I'm not like the, I'm not like a super gnarly obsessive vinyl collector. I just love the, uh, what did you call it? Like, uh, shopping addiction or something like that. Online shopping uh, addiction. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, you know, when I come home from tour, it's, it's, it's very much my like Zen. It's soothing. It's soothing. I'll sit and, and, um, if you're familiar with Ricky Rackman, he and I talk about, uh, the sort of, uh, uh, the Zen of record collecting where it's like, you know, you have to take it out of the sleeve Mm -hmm. and it's an activity. Like you put it on the turntable and you put the stylus down and then you're looking at the artwork and you're like involved over the gatefold. You're like, Oh, what's the insert? What, what's the, Ooh, is there a sticker? Is there a, you know, or whatever. (laughs) And so it's, it's very soothing. I I find, and I'll sit in front of my this shelf with I don't know maybe four or five hundred records and I'll forget what I have and I'll pull you pull have out. a lot you have so much and it was like uh, floor to ceiling in like parts of your apartment from the pictures yeah there, there's a big uh, shelf f- full of my collection and I I actually have friends that make my my collection look minuscule which is scary because I like my buddy Tony H- Higby uh, he's got just shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves and uh, and same thing, I'm always happy to like be like, oh, send him something that he didn't have necessarily. Or, you know, that's like my MO is like sending my friends like obscure records that they don't have, like the Rocky Erickson record that I, I sent your way. Yes, thank um, you. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for that Typo Negative album. Now, I've been looking for that for probably seven or eight years now. You're welcome. Yeah. That <laughs> and was, it's that the was green awesome. one, right? It was the, yes. the cool green one. Yes, green, clear mm-hmm. vinyl. I fucking love it. I think I listened to it cover to cover probably three or four times yesterday so i I love it that makes uh, me so happy because i loved it too and you know you had been so nice to me over my tinder boy fiascos Uh, Ace, (laughs) ace and i talk a lot about how bad I suck at using Tinder, but uh, what did you 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 what'd you refer to me as the other day? It was like you're uh I don't know. I don't want to put you on blast either. I think you just were bouncing all the boy bullshit off of me and you were like you're like my therapist or something. I'm yeah, paraphrasing. Yeah, but. I was like, you're like my like my therapist, and I like I'm just gonna pay you in like a vinyl <laughs> because I'm gonna pay you with vinyl to Sold. listen to me bitch about my boy problems. Like, oh, it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. It wasn't even that big of a deal. I just told you that guy sucks and to move on. Oh my god, yes, you did. And I got and I got October rust out of it, so I win. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and you're on my podcast. But, um, yeah, so Woo. And I'm on your podcast. And I, I actually, for a minute here, I think I forgot that we were doing a podcast. I just started talking like we were chatting on the phone. But uh, yeah, doing the record collecting, collecting records, uh, advocating for pit bulls and, and just dog rescue in general and collecting one sheets are kind of my 
sort of, you know, aside from anything that would get filed under like work um, or business or whatever, um, is pretty much my, you know, I'm doing 24 seven. Um, you know, if I'm not looking for something or pulling out a record and staring at the artwork or listening to an album or watching a horror movie or sending an email, trying to connect the dots for a rescue and out of state or something like that, you know, that's pretty much my, uh, raison d'etre, I think is the uh, French expression. If I'm trying to make myself sound smarter than I really am here. <laughs> You're pretty smart. So you don't have to try too hard. Um, I do. Okay. Yes. And it's it's just so nice uh, to see your collections too, because I I mean we watch each other's social media, but you always yeah. post your like afternoon spread of like what you're listening to, and I love that because you have such an eclectic variation of music that you listen to. Like you're all over the place. Like I'm all over give the me place. an example of what you played like today, for instance. Well, today wasn't too eclectic. I'm already forgetting. I know it was Thin Lizzy, Bad Reputation, which I love that album, and I just got it. Um, uh, uh, ACDC, Highway to Hell, uh, uh, Misfits Collection 2. I'm trying to think what I actually played today. Uh, but I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you could walk in and catch me listening to Vivaldi's Four Seasons or, you know, uh, some random, you know, Bach compilation or, uh, or I like a lot. Oh, uh, I had Phil Spector's Greatest Hits on today with like the Ronettes and a bunch of stuff that he produced. And I, I have a, a uh, big soft spot in my heart for anything that's sort of doo-wop or 50s classic rock and roll, 50s, 60s, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the proto-punk garage rock, like 60s post-British invasion stuff, like the Sonics and Strawberry Alarm Clock and uh, 13th Floor Elevators, which is where Rocky Erickson uh, came from originally, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I love a lot of stuff like that. And then I might be listening to fucking Carcass, or I might be listening to Metallica, or I might be listening to uh, the Dead Kennedys, or I might be listening to you know, the subhumans, or I might be listening to the Beach Boys or the Eagles. I just like what I like, or, or Eminem, or uh, yeah, uh, you do NWA. like Eminem. Oh my god! Oh, I love Eminem, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 like I like gangster rap, like anything, basically excluding some a couple pieces here or there, mostly like '90s hip hop. But uh, I like every I like everything. A good song is a good song, and I think, um, especially if you're a musician, it's easier to I think to understand maybe a little bit. That then you know because a lot of people get pigeonholed in, in genres and there's nothing wrong with that but I think when you're a working musician or whatever uh, it's 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 the best way to go about it is to just have an open ear to everything and it it's definitely helped me in a professional sense because um, you know I think there's artists that I've worked with that if you told me when I was 17 and had a mohawk and was only listening to punk rock man uh, <laughs> uh, I I would be like. I would be like, well, that's dumb. Or why would, you know, I would have maybe rolled my eyes at, but now are some of the things I'm most proud of. You know, I just, uh, I just, you know, Tiffany, I think we're alone now, if you know Tiffany. And uh, I just did her, uh, played on her new record that comes out in July. So, um, which is totally, it's a pretty rock record, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, she's a pop artist. I don't know how many millions of albums she sold, but a lot. And so, um, you know, to work with someone like that, from going from Murf being in Murphy's Law, which is like a legendary New York City hardcore punk band, to working with Tiffany, that's like a huge jump. Yeah, so, that is that is two totally different things. I see what you mean. And there. then to go to like Faster Pussycat, and then to go to, you know, like that Neon Coven project I sent you, which is yep. like sort of Depeche Mode meets mm -hmm. Nine Inch Nails. So I I try to keep my musical output as 
eclectic and diverse as my musical taste as well. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't, again, I'll sit here and toot my own horn, but I am proud of that. You know, that I, I've done, I did a, I don't know what happened to it. What was that? What kind of, and I can't remember the genre, Skrillex. What genre is oh, that? Dubstep. Dubstep. I did a dubstep record. What? With some guys. They just, they were like, we want a guitar player to do some slashy kind of stuff on a couple songs. And I, I don't remember what the project was called. And I don't know. I just showed up. I played on a couple songs. We did a promo video. I got paid and that was the end of it. Okay. Okay. You know, so, uh, but that's, that's, you know, uh, I, I, uh, appropriately deem myself a working musician. I haven't had a normal job in 12 years. And people hire me to do stuff like that. And I do it. And I, whether it's a tour or a session or a guitar lesson or whatever the fuck it is, uh, that's my job. And so sometimes, you know, someone will say, hey, we want a, a hip hop guitar riff. And I go, oh, interesting. OK, let's 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 uh, pull out the, the Digiwam pedal and a wa and the Wawa pedal and get get funky. You yeah, know? you and, just crack your knuckles and like get in there. Um, yeah, it's it's it's, you know, I like to be well-rounded, I guess. That is, that's a good way to be, I think, in life in general, too, not just music. Um, and it seems like you're very much that way. So I try. I think I that's try. cool. Um, and then, uh, apart from the vinyl collecting, uh, what else, like, do you have going on projects-wise, like, for the COVID stuff? You said that, actually, with the COVID stuff going on, you were getting more things done, creatively speaking, because you weren't um, touring as much, like, but you're actually, like... Produ like you're producing and putting out more now because you're at home and creating during this time. Yeah, I, uh, I've done more session work since December than I have in years. So um, I, I'm not attributing it to COVID, although I would say it's a good substantial part of it. So I've been getting hit up to play you know, a lot of people are just trying to crank out records. So, I mean, even LA Guns, we just dropped a, a new single um, maybe less than two weeks ago. So we're, I'm just trying to be as productive on all fronts as, as possible. What's that and, single? Uh, Let You Down. And uh, I love it. I think it's a really great song and a really, you know, sort of taking myself out of the equation as a band member, listening to the finished product and being like, wow, this is really good. I would... I would listen to this if I wasn't already in the fucking band. <laughs> and um, so that's always, that's sort of a nice thing. And so, you know, with the new LA Guns record, and like I mentioned, um, I think this was on the, the talk or if it was the phone call earlier, but uh, talked to Tammy from Faster Pussycat uh, for about a half hour yesterday, and he's still cranking out his new record. And I'm, I'm you know, in the mix there somewhere as well. <laughs> and, uh, and what else? Um, there's just so many things. Uh, I did a, I just did a guest appearance on a friend of mine's EP. There's a band called the Relapse Symphony. They're sort of a Black Veil Brides kind of young warp tour type band. Mm -hmm. And so they did a an EP of just covers. And so I played on a cover they did of uh, Neat 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 from the band The Damned. And um, I brought uh, my buddy Ricky Rackman from Headbangers Ball and Rock of Love and all that shit in to sing backups on that too. And then Ricky and I have a project that's sort of like four on the floor, kind of motorhead meets punk rock. So we're working on that. Uh, you are the just so busy. I love it. I, I have to go. be. I'll lose my mind. I'll lose my mind. Uh, that Neon Coven project, we're, we're about, I think about 90% done with our first full length. We've done two EPs. Um, and I'm really proud of that project just because I, I like the diversity of it. And then also it's, it's definitely more um, contemporary. 
but it's also got this sort of throwback like Depeche Mode kind of vibe. So if anyone likes Nine Inch Nails or Depeche Mode, I recommend checking out Neon Coven. Um, so our first full length will come out soon. Uh, and uh, we're just spitting back and forth um, album titles and artwork as of literally this a- this afternoon. Uh, what else? Uh, like I mentioned, playing on uh, a band that I've been a fan of for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, something they're working on. I can't, I can't say who, but it's a band that you know uh, the name. And, uh, and so I'd, I'll share that when I can. Um, and the same thing, like the Tiffany record, like, I think I was asked not to say what the song was, but I can say that I'm on the album. Yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, so the Tiffany thing, and I'm sure there's other shit. I just can't fucking remember because it's just in one ear and out the other. And then I do, I do voice acting occasionally too. So I'm in the middle of two jobs this week alone, uh, which I, I, I think my, my, my voice is actually a little hoarse right now, just because I've been talking more, uh, this week than I normally would. Right. And then also I've done, um, because Tiffany announced that I was on her album and uh, because she has whatever notoriety you want to sort of attribute to that, to her successes, uh, I've been getting hit up for press uh, a lot, which is great, but I've definitely been like on the phone more (laughs) in the last uh, month than I would normally. So I feel like I'm sort of uh, my, yes, there was a time where my voice was less uh, harsh, but now it's just (laughs) starting to go. But, uh, oh my gosh! You're I'm so sure funny. this wine isn't helping either. But uh, yeah, so I'm just I, I'm I'm all, I'm all over the place, and and I, I'm you know, without again, tooting my own horn too much. I'm I'm pretty proud of how uh uh what was I gonna say here? How uh diverse it busy, sounds like. Well, the, the diversity is great, but just I when this shit started taking off, the first two weeks or 10 days of COVID shut-in, quarantine, pandemic, Armageddon, mm-hmm. I was panicked. And then now I'm kind of like, okay, I'm adjusting to what's going on. And, I'm, and then my, I had a project come in yesterday that was, you know, something that doesn't, you know, doesn't need to be discussed. But it was like, I just, I just woke up to a bunch of money this morning. I was like, this doesn't suck. I'm kind of okay with this. You know? <laughs> and you're not on a bus. So, you're not pooping in a bag. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in... in Timbuktu or Sheboygan or Duluth and I'm at home with my dog and I'm, I'm doing okay and I'm still cranking out music and 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 so I'm I'm actually really content at the moment and it's nice because it's a it's the longest I've been home I you yeah. know because we had taken we took the winter off because my my boss Tracy who I mentioned Tracy Guns is was expecting a baby at the beginning of February so after our Christmas break we just didn't go back to work so for the last you know six months basically I haven't been on tour so this is kind of a new thing for me and and to adjust uh in a sense that is is beneficial to me here uh not only was a nice surprise but um is, i'm kind of uh I'm, like i said i'm kind of okay with it so obviously eventually i want to get back on the road and go to get back to work and it might be next year it might be next summer i don't know but yeah uh for the, for the time being mm-hmm. yeah yeah and there's no way to uh, predict either but between all that stuff and the voice work and session work and uh and i have a patreon that i'm really proud of that's been doing really well and where I take every, speaking of dog rescue and stuff, every month I take 10% and do something charitable with it. Um, you know, and that's, that's, that's a, awesome. you know, a nice extra revenue stream that comes in and a way to interact with. And I've got about, I don't know, somewhere between 60 and 70 people on there. And so, and, and that's, that keeps me pretty busy. And so, you know, it's just a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, like I'll get a friend today who was like, you didn't text me back yesterday, bro. And I'm like, man, I'm 
I know you're at home doing nothing, but I'm fucking busy, dude. Right? I uh, know. Like, I was lucky to get six hours of sleep and get up and get cracking back at it. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're. This bad situation. You're, you're staying busy and you're creating a lot right now. And I think that's cool that you do get the time to recharge your battery a little bit by being at home. But, I mean, you're obviously still going full force with creating. Um, but I, I think that's cool. Like, you're, you're making the best out of the situation. You know, we, we've been given lemons and trying to make some lemonade. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm trying to make lemonade that comes with uh, booze in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spirit. That's, that's the rock star right there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Hard lemonade. Yeah, Ace is hard lemonade. Oh my god. There you go. Hey, that's another thing you can start doing. You know, maybe it'll replace White yeah. Claw by next summer. <laughs> oh man, I I I would love to take that business venture on, but I also am a fan. I'm a new convert to the to the claw, so I would hate to knock it <laughs> off its throne. Right, yeah. Ain't no flaws. When you're drinking claws. Claws. <laughs> mm. I love that. That's so funny. I uh, I discovered recently that I can do this trick with my butt where I take a white claw can and I can put it in between my butt cheeks and then I can bend uh-huh. backwards and then somebody can like, you know, kneel like right behind me and I can pour the white claw into their mouth with my butt cheeks. I discovered that um, during my birthday party like I had a big pool party last year um, at my place and a bunch of suicide girls came up uh, for it and like met me at my place. And that was really special. Um, so I, I was serving White Claws from between my butt cheeks. From your butt. That's <laughs> awesome. That's really awesome. We, we don't have a dull time, you know? <laughs> I, you know, I would imagine a bunch of suicide girls at a pool party would be uh, probably a, a fun thing. <laughs> Nine out of ten times, you know? <laughs> <laughs> fun. Um, well, cool. Do you have any other last things maybe we want to promote? We're kind of reaching up on our hour, uh, but it's always like so lovely to talk to you, always like conversing with you. We just have like a very chill, good time. Um, yeah, likewise, Penny, of course. Uh, you know, well, thank, first of all, thanks for having me and for inviting me on the show. Um, you know, I don't know if you're looking for a pet or, um, you're lonely during quarantine, I would just say, reach out to your local uh, shelter or rescue and take home a friend. I've got a lot of friends that have foster what we call foster failed where they're like, Oh, I'm going to just foster this dog for a month. And then they end up keeping it, which is what you want. Yeah. And so, uh, you know that, and, uh, or if you, you know, or if you're, you're in a area, I don't know, you know, who's listening to this, of course, but like, uh, you know, if you're somewhere where you're not sure you're looking for a reference, you know, you can hit me up and I'll outsource, uh, somebody reputable for you. I do it pretty frequently. And, uh, you know, Ellie Gunn's new single, Let You Down, is out on all digital platforms. So check that out. It's a nice, dark, moody, uh, ambient piece of melodic hard rock. <laughs> and uh, the new Neon Coven album should be out before the end of the year. So check out that. Check out our first two EPs as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, just follow me on the, the Twatter or the Instagrams <laughs> at, at Ace Von Johnson. And uh, really it, you know, we'll hang out, have a beer online or whatever the kids are doing zoom meetings i guess zoom meetings illicit zoom meetings oh my gosh yeah they um i think it's so funny that they've been busting people on zoom for having like crazy sex parties and stuff like which let them have the crazy sex parties it's quarantine what do you mean busting like Like, isn't that like what is it it's a free country you can't have sex on a 
Face um, chat? Apparently not on Zoom, but they're like, they've been implementing this like software that will like detect if you're naked on it and then it'll like <laughs> kick you off, I guess. So everybody just be safe with your Zoom-ness because wow. when, you, when you have to take that conference call for work and you got kicked off for having too much fun on the for wrong app. For having a digital orgy. Yeah. <laughs> Right, which would be the best thing to explain at the office. I feel like. Yeah. Hey, can anyone can anyone in uh, in the office explain why Sharon is unable to log in for our Zoom meeting today for uh, managerial sessions? <laughs> uh, well, you see, John, she was having a digital orgy with some people <laughs> and is now blacklisted and locked out of her Zoom account, and unfortunately won't be able to join us this afternoon. Ah, okay, that makes sense. We're gonna have to Skype. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome or like go to google hangouts um but that's that's never, great <laughs> i've never even heard of ha half of these google hangouts is that a real thing uh, i was i mean i don't think it's as prominent anymore it was there for a minute and then it kind of fell off because like facetime or zoom or all these other things i don't know there's, well, you, there's you heard it here kids if you need to have a digital gangbang do it on <laughs> google maps or whatever google bangouts it should be google bangouts wow <laughs> There you go. You should. We should start that. Google Bangouts. Google Bangouts. Oh my god. Hosted by Suicide Girls. Yes. Oh my gosh. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, um, before it gets too crazy, I will uh, <laughs> let you go. But yeah, I want to yeah. say thank you so much for being my second guest and really um, encouraging me to kick off the podcast. I think it's like so fun to get together and toss these ideas around and just have some goofy conversations. And hopefully people are entertained and get to know a little bit more about the musicians that make up these bands. Um, yeah. And, and just, you know, spread some smiles and have some fun. Uh, I'm all about that. So Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much, Ace. Appreciate you always. Of course. Awesome of friend. Course. And um, take care and oh, give Myla big like ear scratches or under the collar scratches for me. I will. Thanks again, Penny. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Ace Von Johnson, guitarist of LA Guns and Faster Pussycat, joining me for the second episode of That One Suicide Girls podcast. I'm Penny Suicide, your hostess. Huge thanks to Ace for joining me today and taking the time. Really appreciate him. My next guest is AC Slade of Dope, The Murder Dolls, as well as Joan Jett and The Blackhearts. Please tune in next week. Can't wait to have him. In the meanwhile, stay safe out there and thank you so much for listening and have a good one. Bye!